For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me on this Memorial Day. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Follow me on social media, on Instagram, at Monica Crowley underscore, at Monica Crowley underscore, for photos and clips of this show and news about the show, news about me. Also on Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind, what you like, what you're thinking about, what worries you, stuff that we cover, stuff that we don't. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Well, today we honor our fallen American heroes, and I've got some thoughts about that. Also today, in keeping with what today is really all about, I want to talk about our military veterans, those who are still with us, but who are spiritually broken and who don't know where to turn. Did you know that we are still losing 22 veterans a day to suicide? And maybe that statistic is now off. The military says it's 22 a day, but it's been 22 a day for a long time. It may actually be higher than that. This is unacceptable for a great nation. And it's certainly unacceptable for a nation that considers itself good. And we are. We are a good people. We are a good nation. And we're also a great nation. So the idea that we're losing so many veterans still a day to suicide is completely beyond the pale. 
they can turn to a bunch of different organizations out there, and there's the VA, there's the government, but I want to focus today on an extraordinary organization called Operation Restored Warrior. They're a group that I've been involved with for a few years, and they're amazing. They're a faith-based organization that works with our most at-risk military veterans, heals and restores them so we don't lose any more to suicide. We're going to talk to the head of ORW, Paul Lavelle. It's going to be a very important conversation, maybe even life-saving for some of you out there. So please stay tuned for that. Also today, we'll talk to Jason Trennett, who is a rock star investor about the state of the U.S. economy, but also about a very special campaign that he has started for remembering our fallen military on Memorial Day. He's trying to bring back a very wonderful tradition that we've kind of lost sight of. So we will talk to him about that. All of that is coming up. But first, the Monica memo. Today is Memorial Day when we remember and honor those who have made the ultimate sacrifice in defense of America. It's our most somber holiday. Although over the years, we've turned it into a long holiday weekend at the beach or the lake or wherever. And while we all enjoy a much needed break, we mustn't lose sight of what today is really all about. It's a day to honor and be grateful for those Americans who died for this country who died so we could be free. They didn't die so we could have communism. They didn't die so we could have the World Economic Forum strip away our national sovereignty and our individual freedoms guaranteed to us by the Constitution and by God. They didn't die so that we could have the CCP institute a social credit system globally. They didn't die so Bernie Sanders and Klaus Schwab could transform the nation into a Marxist hellhole. No, they died for America, for the idea of America, for everything for which it stands, individual liberty, limited government, economic freedom, liberty. They died for liberty. May we never forget that. As we fight all of these battles of today, all of these battles uh, and these assaults against our freedom, we must always remember our fallen heroes and why they gave their lives for the greatest experiment in human liberty. For you, for me, for us, for America. And this is why we fight every single day. This is why I'm on the air with you doing this podcast This is why we fight, because of those who came before us, who gave everything in service of this country and the pillars of human liberty for them. That's why we do this, and for our future too, for our children, grandchildren, to make sure that this experiment, this shining city on a hill, survives. You know, I was thinking the other day that from the moment America came into being, actually before, before the Revolutionary War. This country has been under assault from every direction. And that tells us this is a spiritual battle. This is why we're going to talk to Paul Lavelle about his organization and intervening spiritually with our at-risk military veterans, which is what they do. This is a spiritual war. This country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, yes, 
but it was also meant to be a beacon for human liberty bestowed on us by God. And so the enemy has come at us in a million different ways, literally since day one, since the pilgrims arrived, right? Since day one, we have been under assault because the enemy does not like what we represent, the joy of the human spirit, the freedom of the human soul, hates that. So from the beginning, we have been under assault at war to allow this country to survive. And we've had many periods of thriving, and we've had many periods of direct assault and not so direct assault. But from day one, Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War I, Great Depression, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, all things that are by choice, but then the internal struggle that we're facing now, in addition to the external one posed by the global predators, as Dr. Peter Bregan has talked about. Global predators, his phrase, I love it. I'm going to continue to use it. The CCP, the WHO, the WEF, World Economic Forum, now we're facing those kinds of enemies. So in the past, they've been state-based enemies like the Soviet Union and the Warsaw Pact. We've had all kinds of enemies, sometimes from within, as we've seen during the Civil War. We definitely have those internal enemies, and we've got the external ones. But as we mark today, we've got to keep in mind what we're fighting for. Men and women who have given their lives for what America represents. And we can't just let it go by the wayside. We can't ever get tired of fighting because we're doing it for them and we're doing it for the future, future generations, so that they have an America that they can enjoy and live in and thrive under human freedom. The threats we face today, and we've faced some doozies in the past, man, we really have, but the threats today are even more insidious. Because in the past, the enemy told you who it was. It's like the Soviet Union, we're communists, our ideologies cannot be reconciled, we're at war with you. And then all the proxy wars that came out of that. So we have absolutely faced tough enemies in the past, but those tough enemies told us who they were. It wasn't like a giant mystery. This is much darker. These enemies are shadowy. They are transnational. And they believe not just in conquering. They want to defeat our system, of course, and replace it with this global Marxism and a surveillance state and a social credit system, all of those things that are really anti-human. They want to do that. But these enemies, they're from without, but they're also within. And it's a, a more insidious kind of attack. And it's been more gradual as well. This is not storming the beaches. This is digital, it's cyber, it's psychological, and above all, it is spiritual. This is a spiritual war we are in. And unless and until we acknowledge that, we're not going to win it. And this, this is applicable to a bunch of things. So this is the way to frame the conversation for Memorial Day as we think about what this day is really all about. And I just want to make one more quick point here before we turn to Paul Lavelle and his extraordinary work. I'm going to ask him about the impact of Biden's catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan on our military veterans. Because this is something we have not thought about or talked about. 
Biden withdrawing in such a disastrous, precipitous way, creating a power vacuum into which all of the world's worst bad guys have stepped, from the Taliban to ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Iran, Russia, Pakistan, you name it, they're, China, they're all in there, thanks to Joe Biden, and just withdrawing everybody in such a catastrophic way. But one thing we haven't talked about is the silent effect that it's had on our military veterans who sacrificed so much in Afghanistan over so many years, a 20-year war. They gave up so much to serve there. And what's their thanks? They turn around and see Joe Biden, this hack of a president, pull out and make all of their sacrifices and all of their service there for naught. It wasn't for naught, and I hope they know that. I hope they know how grateful we are for their service in that military theater for so many years. I hope they know our gratitude. But when they see the current commander-in-chief doing what he did, so many of them, I think, have to view what they did in Afghanistan as for naught. And that is a shame, and it's outrageous. And I think it's also feeding into a sense of anger, frustration, disappointment, outrage, all completely understandable. But when those emotions then feed into uh, deep depression, spiritual brokenness, suicidal ideation, all of those things need to be dealt with. And they are a consequence of Biden's policy in Afghanistan. So I want to talk to Paul Lavelle about that as well and see if he is seeing that impact because that's something that I've thought about and uh, I'm sure Paul has as well and I'm sure he is seeing firsthand the impact of that. Policy matters. Policy matters. We're seeing it now in every direction. We saw it under Trump in a great way in terms of a booming economy and world peace, but under Biden we're seeing it in a very bad and dark way disasters, human catastrophe all around us. So on this Memorial Day, as we think about honoring uh, those fallen American heroes, let's keep them in mind today as we go about uh, some fun as well, which we also all deserve, um, but keep them in mind. Okay, when we come back, Paul Lavelle and later in the show, Jason Trenner talking about bringing back a very special tradition for Memorial Day. So sit tight, don't move, we're coming right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like the heart, lungs, 
kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, on this Memorial Day, we've got a very special show underway. And in keeping with the remembrance and honor we bestow upon our fallen heroes, I want to talk about our military veterans, who uh, those who we are still blessed to have with us today, but many of whom are broken, spiritually broken, and who have basically run out of options. In this country, we are still losing 22 military veterans to suicide each day, although that number might be higher. I talk about this all the time because it is unacceptable for a great and good country to sustain this kind of loss. It is unconscionable that we are losing our military heroes to suicide at this rate every single day and every single year. So today I want to talk to you about Operation Restored Warrior, which is a fantastic organization that intervenes with our most at-risk veterans to rescue, rebuild, and restore them. And they do it through faith. They are an extraordinary faith-based institution and organization. Full disclosure, before I served in the government, I was on the board of Operation Restored Warrior because I so deeply believe in the work that they do. Their website is operationrestoredwarrior.org, not .com, operationrestoredwarrior.org. And joining me now is my dear friend, the founder and president of ORW, Paul Lavelle, U.S. Air Force retired and American hero. Paul, welcome. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for having me. Well, of course, and it's so good to have you with us on this Memorial Day holiday. Um, Paul, there's a lot to get into with you about the work of ORW, and we are going to get into that. But first, can you describe for us the crisis of our military veterans? Why are so many of them committing suicide each day for years on end? Yeah, uh, Monica, it truly is a, a crisis, which our nation has not even begun to address, which is really sad. The reason that that's happening is a loss of hope. Loss of hope in the care that they're giving, a loss of hope on what their missions are when they come back. It is a deep loss of hope relationally uh, from what they've experienced in combat. Coming back into society where people are more interested with social culture things rather than uh, what has happened, you know, in foreign countries where our veterans active duty have gone to these places, lost friends, lost family members coming back, uh, divorces, all sorts of things just piling up on these folks. And uh, they they're not getting the care that they need. Um, There's a lot of organizations out there trying to do some amazing things, uh, but there's just not enough. And our government, current government, 
is not giving any kind of uh, support in terms of helping our veterans. Uh, so it's a loss of hope, Monica. That's that's the basis for it. I want to ask you about what the government is or is not doing in a second. But before I ask that question, can you talk about, you know, you laid out a whole bunch of different reasons for why our military vets come back um, into to private life, private sector, and they have very difficult time adjusting and there are all these things coming at them. But I want to ask you about one particular event that happened uh, last year that I think is giving a a rise to a lot of um, upset, frustration, anger, disappointment, depression uh, among our military vets. And that is the Biden administration's catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, where these guys gave so much, made so many sacrifices to serve there and defend America's interests and prevent terrorism from being exported there and bringing it back home here, as we saw on 9-11. They gave so much in service to our mission in Afghanistan, and then they come back and they see this president withdraw in the way he did. That's got to give a rise to a lot of anger, frustration, and depression, right? Oh, Monica, it surely did. We saw a tremendous spike in uh, men and women both reaching out to us after that catastrophic event. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I mean, I, I'll give you kind of a very personal piece of this. Is uh, In 2021, I was invited by Operation 300, uh, Billy and Karen Vaughn. They lost their son, Aaron Vaughn, who was a SEAL Team 6 operator in Extortion 17. And they started a Gold Star family program down in Florida. And last year, for the first time, uh, they started doing something for fathers. And I had the privilege of being with these men last year. And then I was invited back this year. And there were 10 fathers that uh, were a part of the Gold Star uh, program, which they lost their sons or daughters in combat. And two of the fathers that came to this last program, which was in March, uh, their sons were in Kabul and they were killed in that event. And the rage and the anger, you know, that they felt of like, what an absolute, you know, loss. Um, the, uh, the spike that we saw of folks referring, I mean, not referring, but coming into ORW, wanting to get into the program, just spiked. And talking to a number of people, they were so, so angry. You know, Monica, for 20 plus years, our military has sacrificed They've sacrificed on the home front. They've lost family, uh, families through divorce, separation. They have lost their friends in combat, fighting. They have done things that uh, just haunt them coming back. They felt like they were really uh, serving our nation's protection. And then to just give it away, that ripple effect was just absolutely huge. And it continues to be huge. Yes. I mean, it is what what the Biden administration, what this president uh, did in Afghanistan is unconscionable. It is reprehensible. And the knock-on effects to the veterans who survived that conflict, sacrificed so much, and then they see it, what, all for naught? I mean, it just handed back to the Taliban and 20 years of sacrifice for this country and these individual soldiers, all for naught. It is it is outrageous. It is unforgivable in my mind. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you and ORW are there to, to work with these guys and get them through processing 
what they have given for America, what they have given across the board, only to see their so-called leaders uh, apparently toss it all away. We're talking to Paul Lavelle. His organization is extraordinary. It's called Operation Restored Warrior. You can find it on the web at operationrestoredwarrior.org. You know, Paul, you mentioned uh, the military and the government at large. What, if anything, what kind of job do they do to help our vets? And why is it so inadequate? Well, let, let, let me start with, uh, with the Trump administration. Uh, the Trump administration, along with Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler from Missouri, uh, with uh, President Trump doing the Prevents uh, executive order, that really opened up uh, the purview of organizations and what they were doing. He put everything on the table. And Congresswoman Harsler is just a phenomenal advocate for faith-based approaches. And she invited uh, three uh, groups that are out there doing programs uh, to come and talk before some congressional leaders. And so, and then that started making headway into the VA. Uh, and they started opening up uh, the ability of faith-based organizations to uh, apply for funds and grants. And then the Biden administration came in and everything was shut down. Everything was shut down. In fact, I just got a notice literally yesterday from Congresswoman Hartzler uh, from her chief of staff that they're doing a contest now in the VA and they're going to give away $20 million to the top three best programs out there. I was just sitting there just I was disgusted by it because then the, the requirements to get money is you have to jump through a 40, 50 page uh, uh, you know, request to just be considered. And the and the and the thing that really gets me, and I think a lot of my my peers out there that are that are running uh, organizations that are trying to save the lives of our veterans, are that that this this um, administration sends five billion dollars over to a foreign country uh, for whatever reasons they're doing it, and and we are here trying to save the very lives of the people that defend our nation, and we can't get any any help at all. It's a joke. It really is a joke. And it's very, very frustrating. I've been doing this going on 15 years now, and I have yet to get a dollar from our government. It's it's really unbelievable. You said five billion. It's actually a total so far of fifty eight billion dollars going to Ukraine, oh which we know oh not a dime will go to the Ukrainian people. This is a money laundering operation for the ruling class. We all know that. But you are absolutely right to be outraged that our so called leadership in America uh, is so obsessed with what's going on over there, but not taking care of our own military heroes who are in yeah. desperate need and are suffering. And thank God for you and your team at OROW. You're doing this all uh, on your own. And this is why, guys, uh, um, we're going to talk about OROW's work. But I encourage you to check them out online at OperationRestoredWarrior.org and support them however you can. Because they're stepping in the breach and doing the work that the government and military should be doing, but aren't and won't. So, Paul, let's let's talk, talk about ORW. You saw that there was a different kind of need out there, a spiritual need for these vets that was just not being met by the military, the government, and so on. And you decided to take action and start Operation Restored Warrior. Tell us about how you got there and the launch of ORW. Yeah, thanks, Monica. Um so I, I served for 26 years uh, on active duty, and, and it wasn't during wartime. 
Uh, and, uh, and I was, um, I was working with an organization called Wild at Heart uh, by John Eldridge and <clears throat> fairly new, actually not fairly, a new believer. And John and his team kind of brought me in. And from 2004 to 2008, as Afghanistan and Iraq were just uh, really uh, ascending uh, in combat, uh, I was sending thousands of books to chaplains and to military members uh, in the con- convict, uh, conflict zone. And so I, um, uh, I just saw this need and, and, and these guys were coming back and I was watching the numbers of suicide increase and it was doing it quite dramatically. And I was watching it as it did. And I thought, you know, I'm going to bring these guys back because I think, you know, there's physical issues, mental health issues that that's what our government goes, goes towards the medical community goes towards. But I saw the spiritual aspect of it and trying to address a, a spiritual issue with a physical mental health issue, uh, problem. It just doesn't work. So I'm bringing guys back that are right on the abyss and uh, bringing them to Wild at Heart events and doing what we could do in a very limited fashion. Because John's program is really John uh, Eldridge's program is really about teaching and helping people to uncover some of their stuff. And so for four years, I was kind of pushing John to <clears throat> to do a little bit more for our troops. And he said, Paul, you know, I, I really feel like God's calling you to do this. And, and I kind of resisted a little bit. And then by 2008, with the help of my dear friend, Bart Hansen, who was on 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 uh, team with me at, at Wild at Heart, um, he encouraged me as well. And I stepped out in August of 2008 with some help of some guys in the special operations community that I had actually helped while working at Wild at Heart. And uh, we started ORW and right off the bat focused on the spiritual healing piece. Uh, there's, there's a tremendous amount of organizations that are helping our troops. They are doing phenomenal work for sure. I'm so grateful to them. But we're talking about, you know, in terms of medical, you know, uh, uh, problems, we're talking about arterial bleeds and you can put a bandaid on it, but it doesn't stop the bleed. And what we do is we go in and do the surgery spiritually to stop the bleed. And, and it has had an incredible impact on the men and women that have come to our program. So since 2008, um, we started it, we work with small groups of men and women, six to eight people at a time at a, usually at a beautiful ranch around the country. We've got right now, we have five, um, areas around the country and we're, we're going to build out to seven and we don't own any of these properties. We've just got allies like your audience listening to us that donate their property for us to use. And it's such an incredible blessing, but we got to get them out. We can't do it in a church. We can't do it in a hotel and we got to get them focused on five days. And, and Monica, as you know, in five days, we see remarkable results. So, Paul, I want to stop you there. We're going to hit a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the results that Paul and his team at ORW are delivering to our really hurting military vets. I have seen it through my own eyes. And guys, I have been through Paul's women's program. We're going to talk about that on the other side as well. It's extraordinary. OperationRestoredWarrior.org. Please go check it out. More with Paul Lavelle on the other side.
Okay, welcome back on this Memorial Day. I am joined once again by my dear friend, Paul Lavelle. He is the founder and head of Operation Restored Warrior. You can find them on the web at mm-hmm. operationrestoredwarrior.org. And they do tremendous work intervening with our most at-risk military veterans through faith. Jesus is the centerpiece. They are all about restoring the heart of these hurting military veterans. And as we all know, we're losing about 22, maybe more, military veterans to suicide each day. And this has been going on years on end. This is unconscionable and unacceptable. And ORW is really at the forefront of trying to stave this off and save lives in a number of different ways. Okay, so Paul, the centerpiece really of ORW's program is something known as the drop zone. And I remember asking you, why don't you call it a retreat? And you said to me, because the American military never retreats. And I thought that is phenomenal. That's That's great. So these are drop zones and they're five-day intensive Uh, programs where you take a small group of uh, military veterans who are in distress, you take them to these beautiful donated locations, and you work on a restoration of their heart through Jesus. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we get them out of the environment that they're in. We get them to disconnect from their phones. And for five days, we focus on this thing that we call the spiritual heart. You know, it's, uh, in, in scripture, it's interesting enough, if you were to ask people, what's the most written about subject in scripture? They'd probably say God, the Holy Spirit, or Jesus. But the reality is the spiritual heart, which is not the four-chambered heart that we're talking about. It's a little bit lower. Um, and uh, it's talked about, depending on the, the version that you're reading of the Bible, it's written about over 900 times. It's the most written about subject in all of scripture. So it must be important. And Jesus was very clear about that. He talked about that from our innermost being, that rivers of living water would flow from that. And when you look at the translation of what he means by our innermost being, he's talking about the word is in Greek and Hebrew, it is its stomach. And if you think about as your, as your audience is listening about that, when you're really upset about something, where does it affect you? It affects you in the stomach. And so that's where the spiritual heart is because it, it affects everything that we do. And so we bring these folks in and on the first evening we do a session, which we call um, the heart of a warrior. And we kind of give a, a foundation to why they became the people they became and what's been said against them. And then we talk about this guy, Jesus, not, not the Mr. Rogers that you see so much in the church, but the real deal, uh, a man who, who Jesus was a man. And so we do that. And then, and then at, at our first meal, uh, my team and I, we will ask the men or the women, what do you hope to get out of these next five days? And we have already asked them a question earlier, uh, which is a very powerful question is, uh, you know, Jesus is here and he's asking, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? It's the same question that Jesus asked the paraplegic at the pool of Bethesda who sat there for 38 years. Mm-hmm. And there's a wonderful rendition of that in the, in the series called the chosen. Yes. Absolutely recommend people watch it. It's yes. phenomenal. Yes. And, uh, uh, and so we asked them, do you want to be well? And many of these, these men and women, they, they don't even know how to ask or what to ask. And I'll tell you, we, I just finished a uh, drop zone on Monday with six, six warriors. 
And, and four of these six men at the table basically said, if this doesn't work, I am done. I've done everything else. Everything else. We, we've had psychiatrists referring people to us, counselors, uh, pastors, husbands, wives. Uh, they, they, they know about us. We don't advertise. We don't do anything like that. But they know about us because they've heard of the results. And so over those, over those five days, we go after this spiritual heart that's been damaged. And uh, we bring in the spiritual answer to it because we're both physical and spiritual beings. And you can deny it, but it doesn't change the, 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 uh, the, the basic truth that we are. And when the medical side is addressing only the, the medical side, the mental health, physical side, they're missing a huge part, which is our spiritual side. There's spiritual wounds that happen from the time we're little to the time we get go into combat and uh, things get exacerbated on a very, very high level. And then guys and gals come back and they don't know what to do with that. So that that's kind of what we do in a nutshell over the five days. Well, these guys, when they go through these dump, drop zones, they come out on the other side healed and restored. And do you see them as different people? And do they see themselves as different people? <laughs> it is... Um, you know, we, we had talked about taking a photo when they come in and then taking a photo on the other end. And it is, I mean, you literally, Monica, see like their faces change, like age drop off of them. It's like they've been carrying around these 150 pound rucksacks and they're able to release them, although they, they didn't even know how to do it. Um, we had, uh, I'll just give you an example. Uh, we had uh, one of the guys that, the, two, two of the guys in this last drop zone, they came in. And in counseling terms, we call it a flat affect. It's like no emotion at, uh, whatsoever. And we're talking to them and you know, making a couple of jokes. And there's like nothing, no response. Just all you see is just, just dark eyes. And, uh, and these guys basically said, you know, literally, I'm, I'm done. If this thing doesn't work, I've been impatient. I've been in counseling. I've done it. And, and I'm done. And, you know, to come to work and to hear that, can you imagine that, that about 80% of the people that come to see you, they're saying, look, and if you don't help me, I'm going to kill myself. A lot of pressure there. Uh, but uh, Jesus shows up. He comes in and he does what he promises to do. And he says in Isaiah 61, 1, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free and release from darkness the prisoner. That's our foundational scripture. I figured it worked well for him. It ought to work well for us. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and it really and it really does. It really does. And at the end of this, I mean, you should see these guys. Well, you have seen them. I, I you, have you come to our reunion. I have. Can I test can I testify yeah. here for a second, Paul? Because yeah, please, I yeah. I've been to the ORW reunion and like I said, I've been part of their board before I went into government. I can tell you guys that I have seen these men, many of them former special ops guys, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers. They're big, battle hardened, grizzled, tough men who are completely broken when they arrive, but they come out of this program like Humpty Dumpty put back together again, truly. And they're all so grateful to you, Paul, and the ORW team, but you guys are just facilitators for God, right? You say like you're there to facilitate this, but it's God, it's Jesus moving through them. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. If, you know, in the early days when I started this, I remember I would get nauseous thinking going in, you know, and I'd be praying like, Jesus, you got to show up. You got, because if they're going to rely on me and my team, these guys are in trouble. 
And, and every time, right, he does. And people are like, what does that mean? Show up. Well, you know, we don't, we, we tell our, our alumni, do not tell the, the guys coming in or the women coming in, don't tell them what we're going to do. Our whole focus is we want to keep these type A alphas off balance. And that's part of what we do. And, and so we don't, we ask them not to tell because it's going to be their own unique experience. And we don't want to disqualify anybody from coming. And so folks come in and they don't, they don't know what's going on. And we recently had a, a group of guys, there were, there were some SEALs and some, uh, some special forces guys in it. And they, they fly into, this one happened to be, they flow into Denver, they rent a vehicle, they come up to our 7W Ranch, which is donated by uh, uh, Amy and uh, Mark Wilhelm. And they're driving up and they're going, do you know what's going on here? And they share this with us after. Do you, do you know what's happening? And they're like, no, just a friend of mine told me I needed to come. Like, you don't know, like we're going up into the mountains at 9,000 feet away from everybody. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't that seem a little bit odd that we're doing this? And they're like, okay, so we're going to have a code word. If these guys are whacked out, then we're going to say like pineapple. And then everyone's going to pile into the suburban and we're heading out of here. (laughs) So that's that's some of the things they come in, you know, and again, alpha guys, they want to know, give me a schedule. Tell me what's going on. I got a plan. But that's part of our process, though, is to keep them off balance. Well, we just got a couple of minutes left with you, Paul, but I, you did launch a women's program. And when you told me that you were thinking about doing it, I volunteered to be a guinea pig. So I've been through the original <laughs> women's program. You're helping a lot of women to not just female veterans, but female yes. partners of the men who need help, right? Yes, yes, we sure are. We, we kicked that off a couple of years ago with, with, uh, with your help and, uh, and Bill's help and I, uh, um, you know, we saw the need there uh, for the women and we're getting, you know, women's hearts are a little different than men's hearts. Their core desires are different than a man's heart, but the assault on the heart of a woman is like tremendous. And then women that have been in combat, you know, it's, it's really, really difficult on them. And so um, what we have done is we've actually filmed our program uh, the entire women's program, the entire men's program, we're finalizing what we call the LMS system. It's a learning management system where a person can come online anywhere around the world and they can actually go into and do our program. It's not finished yet, but as soon as it is, we'll, we'll have it on the website. And it's going to have availability uh, for everybody around the world to be able to go through the program. But yeah, our women's program is is a powerful, powerful program as just, well. It's just wonderful. And I speak as someone who's gone through it. Their website is operationrestoredwarrior.org. So check it out there. Um, final two questions for you, Paul. You've been in existence with ORW for 14, 15 years. How many military veterans have you restored and saved? Well, we have we have hundreds and hundreds, but you know it's even a larger number than what our direct number is because I've had uh, facilitators that I have trained that they've gone off and kind of done their own thing. So, so I think that we have had had the influence on thousands, thousands of uh, men and women getting restored, mostly men. Uh, so, you know, the exact numbers I'm not really sure, but thousands. It's just remarkable. And you're also working with uh, all kinds of professional organizations, including the NFL, which is also amazing work that you're doing. Um, All right, Paul, before I let you go, if there is a military veteran out there listening to us today who needs help or a family member 
or friend or spouse of a military vet who needs help, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, thanks, Monica. Well, they come directly to OperationRestoredWarrior.org. And right on the front page, there's two boxes there. One says, if you're a veteran or active duty, click on this box. If you're a leader of an organization, click on this box. So there's two, two things. So the first one is for uh, family members looking to help, uh, and they can click on that. But either box is going to get us get you to our director of drop zone operations. And there's a little, there's a little form that we have there that just gives us some basic information. And then one of our staff will reach out, literally call you and sit and and talk with you to find out more about, uh, about either yourself or the person that you're referring to. We, 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 we understand that family members want to do this and they want to do it for their family, but you know, we talk about, you know, they have to want to do it. The actual mm-hmm. veteran or active duty, they have to want to do it. You can want it for them, but if they don't want to do it, then it's kind of like pushing mud uphill. It doesn't work very well. So our encouragement is have them reach out to us, have the veteran or the active duty reach out to us. And, uh, and then we will, we will make sure that we get in. We've got a waiting list right now of about 50 uh, uh, veterans on the list. And we're trying to get through that as quickly as we can, but cost a lot of money to do this. And, and we're, we're functioned and funded by donations of, uh, of our patriots in the United States that, that help us. Well, that's why I encourage everybody listening today to please check out Operation Restored Warrior at operationrestoredwarrior.org. Please look at their extraordinary faith-based work and continue um, to, to think about uh, what they do and the sacrifices that they're making to save our vets and also consider uh, supporting them however you can because they're yes. literally doing God's work. Thank you so much for your service to our great country, Paul, both in uniform and out, uh, now doing what you're doing to save our heroes. God bless you. Thank you, Monica. Bless you, too. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Paul Lavelle, U.S. Air Force retired and the head of Operation Restored Warrior. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back on this Memorial Day and our very special show honoring those Americans who made the ultimate sacrifice in giving their lives for this great nation. Joining me now is someone who is doing just that in a really lovely way. Jason Trenert is the Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Strategists and its related companies. He's one of Wall Street's top thought leaders, especially on markets and economic policy, and we will certainly ask him about the state of our economy, which looks uh, not so good right now. But the reason I invited him on today is because of his campaign to bring back a very special tradition to honor our war dead. Jason, welcome. Great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a great, it's a great honor. Well, it's a pleasure to have you as well. And I want to start with um, this wonderful campaign that you have begun for Memorial Day. Tell us about it. Yeah, this is really just uh, reviving a, a tradition that we had um, for, for many, many years. And if, if, if one travels around the world, particularly in the British Commonwealth, uh, Canada or UK, you'll see poppies uh, that are, uh, they're almost uh, paper mache poppy, poppies that men will wear and women will wear um, on their business attire. 
And so I had forgotten personally uh, that, that that was a tradition that was actually born in the United States uh, and after World War One, and it was a way veterans veterans groups would sell these poppies. Men, and again, women would wear them when they were going to work before Memorial Day became uh, a federal holiday. And when I would go around the world, I would see men and women wearing these poppies, and I had either forgotten or had never learned that this was a tradition in the United States until Memorial Day became a federal holiday in the uh, early 70s. And so what we've decided to do largely is just to um, to send out, we send out a couple thousand every year to our clients and other people and friends and are encouraging people to, to wear them in remembrance of those who made uh, obviously the biggest sacrifice. So we're trying to bring the poppy back, trying to bring the poppy back to Wall Street generally where I work, but also uh, just for the, the public at large. I love this idea, Jason. And I saw there was a little write-up in the Wall Street Journal about you and this project. And that's why I wanted to have you on so we could publicize it further because I, I just love it. And, you know, you mentioned that the British, um, part of the, the British Commonwealth, they still wear the poppy on their remembrance days. How did we lose our tradition here? I you know, I, it's a great question, uh, but I, I think it largely came about when we got Memorial Day off. Uh, and it, again, this was a, it was a different time where most people would be going to work and most people would be work, wearing um, business attire. And so it was easy for a, a man in particular to put a poppy in the, uh, uh, in the buttonhole on, on his lapel. And so um, we somehow we kind of lost that tradition. And occasionally, if you look carefully, probably now if you've missed it, you'll, you'll now start to see it on, on Monday, maybe a, a barbecue or something. There'll be somebody, probably somebody a bit older that is wearing one, or you'll see people that are selling them. But I, I think it's largely because we, uh, unfortunately, we, we got the day off and it became, um, which is nice, but I think we lost maybe the reason for the season. Yeah, and, uh, and it's, so there's there's a little bit of that, I think. It's tough to wear a poppy when you're out at the beach wearing a bikini. But if I'm doing that, <laughs> I intend fully to wear the, the poppy along that bikini. Um, You know, the history of the poppy from memorializing our war dead is also really heartbreakingly beautiful. And it goes back to World War One and Flanders Fields, right? Right. So the, there is a... Um, uh, there is a Canadian uh, physician um, that wrote really a, a kind of searingly beautiful um, poem called In Flanders uh, Fields, uh, Gordon McRae. And he was a doctor uh, uh, and who, was, who fought in, in World War One. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful poem. I encourage everyone to look it up. It's, it's uh, it, again, at one point was, uh, from my understanding, was uh, kids had to memorize the poem. Uh, it was a very part, very big part of kind of the educational system and, and uh, uh, in the Commonwealth, also in the United States. After the war, there was a, a nurse um, who um, worked at um, a home for disabled veterans in Georgia named Moyna Michael. And she started to, in, in order to raise funds for uh, the care of these men, started selling these poppies. And that's really what um, really what uh, made it a tradition uh, in, in the United States. And then it, it, it spread throughout 
really the allied uh, countries from World War One. And you, you, again, you'll still see it in England in particular. Uh, it's a very um, it, it's ubiquitous and it, and it's it's a, it, it, they're actually quite beautiful too. Um, you'll see the Tower of London perhaps covered in in uh, in poppies um, uh, during Remembrance Day and so on. So, but it largely stems from a poem and, and was uh, was popularized by a woman who wanted to raise money for disabled veterans. Well, it's just an incredible tradition, and bless you for bringing it back, Jason. What can people do if they want to get and wear a poppy today? Where can they get one? Yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's a little bit harder today than it than it used to be. But any veterans organization, if you go to your local BFW or you go to American Legion, or they'll have them there. They'll have veterans that will be selling them, and they're they're um, ex- almost too inexpensive. I mean, they're you know they're you could buy one for less than a dollar. Probably they should probably be charging more for them. But you could give whatever you want. But um, but. You probably have to go to a, a veterans organization or you could look online and get one. I don't know if you'd be able to get one, you know, uh, in, in time uh, for today. Uh, but uh, by the same token, you, you can, if you're looking, you can, you can find them. Well, um, so. I love this. And I want to thank you so much for doing it, Jason. I, I love this. Thank you for restoring this beautiful tradition. We appreciate your work here so much. Um, all right. We're talking to Jason Trenert, whose day job is on Wall Street. He's one of the top thought leaders on Wall Street, very successful. And I want to turn uh, with you, Jason, to a harder edge subject, which is the U.S. economy. And having served in the Treasury Department, I focus a lot on the fiscal side. That's government spending coming out of Congress. Uh, When I talk about raging inflation and where we are in this economy right now, but there's an equally important monetary side, money printing coming from the Fed. The Fed has been on this money printing joyride for years with no accountability And just in the last year and a half, while we're all uh, screaming about the dangers of inflation, the Fed has been telling us, don't worry, be happy. It's transitory. Well, we all knew, and I've been on television, you've been on television for a year and a half screaming, this is not transitory. And now, of course, inflation is deeply entrenched. They're raising rates now, but they're well over a year too late. So what is your view of what is going on with the Fed? Well, listen, I think, and it, uh, Monica, you're absolutely right. This, uh, this money printing, for lack of a better term, really started during the global financial crisis. Uh, it's called, the, the fancy term for it is quantitative easing, uh, but that's really just the Fed buying securities and adding them to their balance sheet, injecting money into the banking system. And the Fed's balance, the assets in the Fed's balance sheet were about $800 billion dollars uh, before the financial crisis in 2008, they jumped to $4 trillion uh, in a couple of years. And then during the pandemic, they went from $4 trillion to $9 trillion. And again, you just think about this as just money that the Fed is inserting into the system. The, the problem with it, and, and of course, this would have been seen largely as illegal or beyond the Fed's charter before the global financial crisis. There, there's no atheists in foxholes, so it was decided that this was the best we could do given the circumstances at the time. The problem is the Fed, and you can forgive the Fed for injecting all that liquidity during the financial crisis. I, I support that. It was the right call. The problem is you never abandoned that policy, and you started using it for 
as a Swiss army knife for virtually every economic problem you could think of. Um, and one of the great ironies of it, in my opinion, I feel very strongly about this, is that until inflation showed up about a year and a half ago, one of the great ironies is that it greatly aided wealthier people almost to the uh, detriment of middle class and poorer people, mm -hmm. uh, which is to say that it greatly increased securities prices from 2008 to 2021 or 2020. But if you were just the saver and had a savings account, you were getting zero on your savings, right? So, um, so it, it didn't help the people it was supposed to help. And now you have a situation where, as you know, if you look at the CPI, CPI is 8.3%, mm -hmm. which is about four times higher than what the Fed's target is. And um, once the, these policies are put in place, they're very, very difficult to take back yes. without pain, without economic pain. Yes, indeed. And in fact, if we use the same inflation gauge that we were using in the 70s and 1980s, inflation now is running, what, 17, 18, 19 percent. And if you talk to people who are struggling to pay for groceries, they'll tell you inflation is running hotter than the 8.3 percent that the government is telling us. Do you think, Jason, that the inflation spike has moderated? Has it plateaued and but is still likely to remain high? Or do you think this is going to get worse? That's a, it's a tough question. I think there's a lot of people on Wall Street that want to think that inflation has crested. I, I am not convinced that we've seen the peak in inflation. Or, and at a minimum, I think the Fed is going to have to continue to tighten uh, in an effort to get control of inflation for pro at least the next year and probably a couple of years. If you look at wages, if you look at rents, if you look at our environmental policies that make it difficult to produce more oil and gas, uh, if you look at an end of globalization, it's hard not to think that the inflation that we see now is structural, <clears throat> that it's something that's going to be, it's not, it's clearly not transitory, but I, I think it's more structural to the extent to which this could last a couple of years. You are going to have, um, base effects that make inflation maybe harder to grow at 8% a year uh, going forward. But having said that, uh, inflation, again, price stability is, is considered by the Fed to be about 2%. I, I think you've got a number of years before you're going to get back to that target. And so this is going to be a persistent, in my opinion, a pr persistent problem. It's going to be a persistent political issue. Um, and, and there's a very strong populist element this too, because inflation is really the most regressive tax yes. you can find. Wealthier, wealthier people generally don't. Uh, wealthier people, excuse me. Um, wealthier people don't generally worry too much about uh, about it. They can they can afford it, but uh, a middle class person or uh, someone at an entry level job, you know, it, it's it's it hurts uh, particularly. Um, it hurts a lot. Yes. And I've been telling folks this on TV and on this podcast and radio and elsewhere, that it is the cruelest tax because it is regressive and it impacts the middle class, the working class and the poor. Most of all, everybody's getting squeezed, but those folks are really the ones being impacted the most. Um, Jason, we might, we might be facing the worst of all worlds where, you know, the Fed needs to raise interest rates to mop up some of this excess money created.
creating a lot of this inflation. But they could be now tightening into a weakening economy. I mean, we just got a new number, the second read on first quarter GDP, worse than expected. The original read was down 1.4% that the economy shrank by that much. Second read is it shrank by 1.5%. So it may not be that the Fed is going to be able to carry out all of these rate hikes without provoking a real deep recession. So they might have to pull back on raising rates, right? They might. Uh, and this becomes a political decision. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's, um, it, it is possible to have a weak economy and high inflation. And uh, the only way to really solve that, unfortunately, as we saw in the Volcker years, is to create a recession uh, or is to have a significant slowdown. So the Fed is the Fed is in a very difficult has put itself in a very, very difficult spot uh, right now because um, it, it may not have a choice if it's really focused on, on beating inflation. It may not have a choice but to continue to tighten, even if the economy is weakening. Yeah. And again, that will be that will that will leave the Fed wide open for a lot of political recriminations, a lot of second guessing. But um, ultimately, you're going to I believe that ultimately you're going to have to uh, pay the piper at some point uh, if you want inflation to come down. And yeah. so there, there are not a lot of good options uh, here. I think we have to thank the good Lord that uh, the Biden administration uh, didn't get its Build Back Better program through uh, because then you'd be dealing with another $3 trillion of spending um, that would have made this even harder uh, to to deal with. But it's, again, the the Fed doesn't have a lot of great options. It seems to me that it's either going to, economy may slow and inflation may still stay high. And then, then what do you do? Well, you know what, you you um, know what, they're in this box, Jason, and it's their own fault because they waited far too long to move. Uh, Last question for you before I let you go. What's your sense of the overall economy? Is a recession likely or are we already in one? I don't think we're already in one just because, you know, the unemployment rate and and employment is a lagging indicator, but but the unemployment rate is 3.6%. There's 11.5 million job openings. Uh, consumer and corporate balance sheets are in pretty good shape. So th- those are those are good things. The, the the issue is though that as I as we just talked about, the Fed may not have a choice but to put the economy into recession to get control uh, of of inflation. And so I think for this year, for the next several quarters, the economy is is probably is going to look like it's going to slow as people have to deal with higher prices. By the same token, um, it's it's not necessary. It's not a foregone conclusion that you'll get a recession next year, although I, I think the odds are going up mm. uh, for 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this will have to do, we, we would need a little luck, perhaps, um, let's say peace in, in, in Ukraine or something along those lines to, to maybe uh, to maybe slow things or calm things down a bit. Um, but uh, without that, it seems to me that uh, we're likely headed for a recession sometime over the next two years. 
Yeah, I think it's probably inevitable. And if we get two quarters of negative growth, and we've already had one quarter of pretty significant negative growth, um, you are technically in a recession. So I hope we're wrong about this, Jason, but I fear that we're right. I want to thank you so much for being here, Jason Trenert, Chairman of Strategists, and uh, also for your work on bringing back poppies for Memorial Day. Lovely work, very important work all around. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you. It's a privilege. You got it. Okay, that's going to do it for me on this Memorial Day. I wish you a lovely holiday. Take a moment to remember our fallen heroes. And I will see you right back here on Wednesday with a phenomenal new show. Be well. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.